Jay Garvin Show Home and Mortgage Talk, Saturdays at 8 a.m., Sundays at 11 a.m., here on KRDO News Radio 105.5 FM, 1240 a.m., and 92.5 FM. Now, here's your host, Jay Garvin. This segment is brought to you by Empire Title, Bill McAfee, your best of the best Colorado Springs gold winner. Radio fans and podcast listeners, I am Jay, and we are firmly planted halfway between Thanksgiving (laughs) and Christmas. I love this holiday season the most. Another Saturday, a little bit cooler. Maybe we'll get some snow this weekend, but folks, right after the show, I'm on an airplane to Nashville. No matter, you can still get a hold of me. Call me at 719-330. One four five seven. If you have any mortgage-related questions, any real estate-related questions, my favorite investment property-related questions, and the ultimate goal beyond knowing your Lord Jesus Christ and Savior is to have some retirement and residual income. If you have retirement or residual income questions, we all know about people who get royalties for getting their podcasts or their soundtracks or their windmill leases or their endless levels of royalties, business income, interest income. But here I talk about real estate residual income. Most Saturdays, most Sundays, I'll talk a little bit about houses today, but I am really taking a hard left turn on today's topic. If you heard the trailer all week, I am doing a show with the drum roll, Matt, on Westward Expansion. Now, I've done a show on Eastward Expansion. I've got the old show of Eastward Expansion right in front of me. That was a show about the expansion of real estate financing investment out east of Colorado Springs, in and beyond Banning Lewis and all of that development of Tens of thousands of acres out there, but westward expansion. And today's show, maybe a little bit of break for the holidays. I like to get away from the mundane of mortgage and financing and budgeting and the Jay Garvin's or the Dave Ramsey seven baby steps. Westward expansion, folks. I'm going to summarize small parts of a trip that I took with my family right before Thanksgiving to St. Louis. And yes, not only did we have the chance to go in the Mork and Mindy pods up to and spread out on top of the world in the St. Louis Arch. But we have a nerdy family of my wife and kids, and we spent over two hours in the museum in the National Park of Westward Expansion. Little did I know, never been to the Arch, now I have. I'm going to take you through a follied tale of Westward Expansion. I'm going to talk a little bit about Lewis and Clark and their amazing journey west back in 1804. I mean, come on, folks. St. Louis was founded and was a settlement before Colorado Springs or Colorado even existed. And I'm going to talk about 36 soldiers and guides and surveyors and navigators that flowed up the Missouri River all the way 
to the Continental Divide and then down to the Pacific between May of 1804 and 1805. Now, we're not going to be able to cover that entire journey in a show, so I'm basically going to talk to you about the journey. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about St. Louis. I am going to talk to you about an amazing house, specifically a house built in the 1760s, 80s, and 90s, far different from the traditional Kentucky and northern log cabin that we know is called the Creole home. Very, very interesting, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. I never knew this type of log home even existed, and it was the staple down in New Orleans all the way up the Mississippi through St. Louis. We're going to get to how St. Louis and Louisiana and all of the territory we know as the Louisiana Purchase got its name and how United States came to own that. It didn't come by war. It actually came by a real estate transaction. You now see the the love and the excitement. I'm so excited about talking about one of the biggest purchases in the history of the United States. I'm going to pop open my energy drink. There it is. Maybe that's it. I got energy, but I'm basically going to focus today... First, we're going to talk about St. Louis. We're going to talk a little bit about the Missouri River. I mean, think of it in 1805. This is before much of anything in life beyond the musket was invented. 36 individuals basically dragged barges and canoes up the Missouri River 1,500 miles, 1,500 miles. Now, this is just to a place where we know as Dillon, Montana today, where he really tried to make friends with the Indians. But I'm going to talk about the first leg of their journey. And then, of course, I'm also going to take time during the holidays before I get too deep into this. Cold is coming. The first snow, I pray, is coming this weekend. And I'm going to have Jason Holmes on right after the break. He owns and operates Rocky Mountain Climate with his family, brother Steve and his sister Frankie. We're going to talk today with Jason about how you can actually do some preventive maintenance, find a family-owned local partner in our community that you can trust with one of the most important things in your house, the heat in the winter, and yes, as of late, the cool air conditioning. But There's a lot of preventive maintenance you can do, so don't go anywhere. But some of the things after Jason and I part ways, you and I are going to talk about the badgers, the barges, bears, beavers, berries, bisons. How about that black cat, panthers? Something called a brant, of course, the Creole home. Talk a lot about canoes. Talk a lot about William Clark, the Columbia River, compasses. You can see I'm going alphabetically here. How about the continental divide? Coyotes, elks, frostbite, great falls. Talk about all those things, of course, Clark as well, but don't go anywhere. These type of shows, we are going to get into actual construct of houses and walk through the mechanics of how a Creole home was made. I'm going to talk to you about the journeys. I'm actually reading the actual journals, if you didn't know, that uh, Lewis and Clark both journaled their entire journey for President Thomas Jefferson at the time, who really recruited them to do this journey. So... I'm going to step into St. Louis and step into the expansion of the West to share with you. And trust me, folks, we will get some real estate out of it. We will get some real estate transactions. I will explore the incredible real estate of generations before us. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Jay Garvin Show. And during the break, please call me at 719 330 
1-800-227-1457 or go to churchillcolorado.com. Click on the Colorado Springs team. Click on my little beacon and just set an appointment with me so I can help you with your next purchase or refinance transaction or anything real estate or investment related. You're listening to The Jay Garvin Show. I'll be back after these important messages. I really can't But stay. baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. But baby, it's cold outside. The Jay Garvin Show Home and Mortgage Talk, Saturdays at 8 a.m., Sundays at 11 a.m., here on KRDO News Radio, 105.5 FM, 1240 a.m., and 92.5 FM. We're back with your home mortgage Jedi, Jay Garvin's. This segment is brought to you by Arrow Moving and Storage. Baby, don't hold out. Baby, oh, it's cold outside. Well, welcome back. You're listening to The Jay Garvin Show. I introduced Westward Expansion, the first segment about Lewis and Clark from the Missouri and St. Louis all the way to Pacific. But I'm telling you now, I'm talking about the warm and comfort expansion for this segment. I got Jason Holmes in the studio. This is our last show we're doing before Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas. Get excited. I am getting excited. Woo, yeah, get excited. Get excited. Get excited. <laughs> so um, we've been really, really blessed so far with the most mild fall that I've actually experienced since I've come here in the 90s, 96. Last year was hellacious. You guys yeah. just must have been slammed because, remember, it was like the first week of November that yeah. it went all the way to like 16 below. Yes. Yep, yeah, all my sprinkler systems and all my <laughs> investment properties froze. There was water everywhere. Steve, your man, your serviceman at Rocky Mountain Climate bailed me out in two of my houses uh-huh. because I had not done my, I think they're like $110 checkups. Yep, uh, $89. $89 checkups. He did two of my houses. I mean, listen to that, folks. Jason, owner at Rocky Mountain Climate with his brother, Steve. Steve and Frankie, and $89 for a furnace checkup. And I can tell you exactly what his guys do. Last year, we actually had a trigger switch that popped. As soon as the cold hit, the furnace went on. There was not enough airflow, so there's a safety switch that will yeah, set that switch. unit off, the limit switch to CO2. And he came and clicked it, and he said, hey, Jay, put a vent, and it was 89 bucks. Yeah. And uh, he really helped me. You guys always have. After the third checkup on one of my units over in Pleasant, he goes, Jay, it it may be time to put this baby to rest. (laughs) So after 19 years, you guys helped me with a a beautiful system. And, of course, tell the audience, tell the listeners, tell my peeps, uh, what's the only system you guys work with? Uh, Train. Everybody knows it's hard to stop a train. Hard to stop a train. T-R-A-N-E, folks. I'm telling you, it's a good Midwestern product. There's a factory right down in Pueblo. I went yep. to school in La Crosse, Wisconsin, right. where the uh, headquarters is for that wonderful company. And you've had a long-standing, great relationship with Train, haven't you? We have. It's been awesome. Yeah, and um, um, we are the a best train. product out there. 
Yep, we're a train comfort specialist, a TCS dealer. We deal strictly and religiously with train. I'm not hypocritical. I practice what I preach, therefore I put train equipment in my house. I believe in them 100%, therefore I'm going to put it in your own home. Yeah, and me, I just, I get excited. I don't have anything against Ream at all, mm. but I'm just like waiting for my main system to go in my yeah. house over on Polo. Because <laughs> you guys have not one, but two train air conditioner compressors out the side. you got a full train system that you put in my attic to keep my daughter in my office warm on the second floor and it is a wonderful product but you know i'm a guy that walks around with milwaukee tools on my tool <laughs> bed too because i was born and raised in milwaukee yeah. the train's a good good midwestern company just yeah. like anderson window just like pella windows you know how in fact did you get that relationship with train i mean that's coveted it's not easy it's not easy train. You cannot just go and say, hey, train, I'm Jason with Rocky Mountain Climate. I want to be a train dealer. It doesn't work like that. Train actually seeks you out and does research on you and makes their decision whether they want to carry you as a partner or not. Yeah, and here in the next five minutes, Matt, my producer, actually said, hey, you guys should talk about how great you maintain units and how you have a relationship because... You really do. I mean, I practice what I preach as well. Everybody listening knows if you hear Jason's voice, I am 100% a Rocky Mountain climate and train relationship. There's over a half a dozen folks that would love to be a partner with me, but it's you and your family, one you advocate, and, and Bob, before he retires, did loans through us, and you guys have an amazing, amazing product, but it's really your staff. Right, right. Yep. I, I was going to bring up one thing, too. We've been getting those calls since the cold snaps have happened a couple times. Yep. Where I've got the customer calling and kind of reluctant, if you would, about making the call because they think right off the bat, ah, it's cold in my house in the morning when it should be warm. Great, I'm going to call a company and they're just going to come in and give me the spiel and sell, sell me a four or $5,000 furnace. Yeah, you guys aren't that. We're not that. Make the call eight out of ten times. The service guys go out there, we're making a repair, we're getting you up running, and we're putting money back in your pocket. And you guys do more than that. When it was Steve that came out to my house and I said, okay, every other year, folks, whether there's a problem or not, I go ahead at least every 24 months and have Rocky Mountain Climate come in. You guys do a great cleaning. You go ahead and uh, he brushes off all of the ends of the... All the igniters. Igniters. Thank yep. you, the igniters. But then he's looking on the side, and I had an old tube coming off an air conditioner that you guys did do. You put in the air-conditioned tube, and there used to be a uh, humidifier in there or something. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he goes, well, this is putting water, and it's not coming from your air conditioner, and it's not coming from your heater. It's coming from this old condenser hose. He goes in his truck and he gets this whole new thing and puts it on. I'm like, even me, I know you guys. I'm like, dude, man, did that just cost me a hundred bucks? He goes, I'll send you the receipt. He made me sweat for like four days and you guys added $16 to my bill. I like was doing the happy dance. Um, so your guys are really thorough. How many guys do you have? You have Steve. Uh, including the family, we got eight employees. Yeah, eight. But who are the guys that are going to come out and visit the radio listeners? The radio Elliot? Yep, Elliot, Gene, and Steve are the main three. Every once in a while, you get my brother Steve and then Caden uh, out there. And I'm telling you, every single one of these guys wear belts. You're yep. not going to see plumber butt. No. No plumber butt. 
Maybe. Nope, 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 no plumber, but. <laughs> Got to make sure. <laughs> I, had to, I had to check back to see if I went in any houses and seen them out. But, yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're, we're good, good with plumber, but. We're good. We're good with plumber, but. But you guys there, they're guys that you're going to want to pour a cup of coffee. And it's the best $89 you spend because I'm telling you, it all happens, Murphy's Law, when the furnace goes out on a Sunday evening. And then it is an after-hours weekend call. Yes, it is. So the plan cool, it. The cool thing, too, is. You're able to advocate to your listeners, to your podcast listeners, because you've dealt with me for years now, Yeah. that get in there, get it done, and then if it is coming to the end of the road and we're looking that direction, at least you're forewarned and you can be proactive about looking down the low yep. road to do a replacement. Yep, and then I've even had your guys place replace one of my motherboards. Yep. Let's say let's do that. That might That's more expensive. It costs me about $170, $190. Right in there, but it fixed the system. Tell them how to get a hold of you, Jason, before we part ways. You can call your locally trusted and family-owned Rocky Mountain Climate at 719-629-86. Talk to Frankie or Ashley. And they'll set you up with Elliot, Steve, or Gene. Correct. That's awesome. Well, thanks again for coming in, my friend. Do not have a cold Christmas. Get your system checked up. It's only $89. Best present that you'll give yourself. And, Jason, have a very Merry Christmas. We'll see you back here in January. You too. Thanks. Stay tuned, folks. I'm going to continue the conversation of westward expansion from St. Louis all the way up the Missouri River with our coveted team, Lewis and Clark, and their 34 compadres, and talk a little bit about St. Louis, a log-style home of the area, and more real estate transactions that you're not going to believe right here. On the Jay Garvin Show, back after these important messages. Come, come Jay Garvin Show Home and Mortgage Talk, Saturdays at 8 a.m., Sundays at 11 a.m., here on KRDO News Radio 105.5 FM, 1240 a.m., and 92.5 FM. We're back now. Here's Jay Garvin. Hey, where's the meat? Well, radio listeners, thanks for sticking with me. I hope you're having an amazing holiday. I know we're getting dumped. Up in Breckenridge, Vale, Leadville, Aspen. Merry, Merry Christmas. I'm continuing the conversation here on Westward Expansion. And during the holidays, if you need help paying for your Christmas, if you need help starting mortgage that would make over your finances where you eliminate all of your unsecured debt, where you get everything down to one fixed payment where you can save Hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month. I just helped a gentleman, James, put together a refinance where he is saving over $1,800 a month and decreasing the term of his loan, eliminating all of his unsecured debt, getting reserves. That's how you want to start the new year stress-free. You can call me to start your next purchase or refinance transaction right at 719-330-1457. You also can go to Churchill. Colorado.com, 
churchillcolorado.com. You click on the Colorado Springs team, click on my picture, and just say, Jay, I want to get on your calendar. Or like I said, call me at 330-1457. I answer my own phone. But while we were in St. Louis before Thanksgiving, my family, whenever I travel, I like to research and create a radio show. And this is Westward expansion. We looked at uh, a university that's going to probably bankrupt me. I'm kidding. Wash U, Washington University. My son is looking at that school, and we toured the campus. But while we were there, we went, of course, to the National Park. We are National Park gurus in our family, and we went to the St. Louis Arch. That's the smallest national park in the national park system of only 90 acres. And, of course, we went up in the arch. But most important, we went into the tremendous museum of westward expansion. And I listed off some things that I'll talk about. But where in the world and how in the world did St. Louis even come on to the radar? I believe St. Louis was founded, if I have this correct, 1764. So February 15th, 1764 is when St. Louis was established that literally, I mean, that was before the independence of our country, folks. And Colorado, we've come into existence. Colorado Springs was founded in the 1800s. Our state became into the Union in the 1800s. So this is 100 years before that. For the love of it, I can't believe that these individuals started the westward expansion on the initial journey west with Lewis and Clark in 1804. But the bottom line is is that it all started actually with President Thomas Jefferson, where he knew coming into office that whoever owned the mouth of the Mississippi was to the very west portion of United States would control trading, and therefore access to the innermost portions of the country. And at the time when President Thomas Jefferson came into office, France has already claimed the entire land incorporating the Louisiana Purchase, which I'll get into, and it was named after King Louis the Fourteen. This is where we get the Louisiana. That's where we get St. Louis. That's where we get all of the French influence in this area, but actually, as apropos for France, they actually lost it to Spain in a war, but then reclaimed it at the turn of the century, right in 1801, in a treaty that was signed. And United States citizens, as we had just become a brand new country, of course, the independence 1776 and 1784, and President Washington. We know all those stories from our history, but a lot of us don't know that American citizens were already traveling and exploring beyond the Appalachian Mountains and going towards the Mississippi River, which was the unknown territory of the time. And believe it or not, in 1803, Napoleon was governing France, and as he would fund his wars, something we've always and also studied is that he needed to fund those efforts. Actually, at the time, Thomas Jefferson actually sent his emissary, believe it or not, this was James Madison, far before he was a president, was over in Paris, and United States was actually trying to negotiate for the state of Florida, the city of New Orleans, 
the mouth of the Mississippi River and then the most southern portions of Alabama and Mississippi. And to our chagrin, actually something the United States didn't even want, the French instead said, no, we don't want to sell that, but we'll give you the entire territory of Louisiana in one purchase. Now, folks, I tell you, I'm a mortgage guy. I'm a real estate guy. I can be in one of those Mork and Mindy bubble eggs going to the top of the St. Louis Archer Indian Museum, and I will sniff out real estate. I'm a self-proclaimed houseaholic. I love houses. I love real estate. I love the real estate deals, and that's exactly what President Thomas Jefferson did. I mean, I want you to visualize this. In one purchase, I don't know if this was the largest purchase yet in the United States, but this was 828,000 square miles of land. Listeners, podcasters, this is the entire state of Louisiana, Arkansas, Missouri, Iowa, both the Dakotas north and south, Nebraska, and Oklahoma. And then you've got most of the states, including Kansas, where we live in Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, and even portions of Minnesota, all in one purchase. And they actually negotiated all of this in 1803 for $15 million. I mean, there's people that are buying almost million-dollar houses now in this town. We just had the record sale of a house, one house in the Broadmoor, for $8 million. That's over half 200 years ago what Thomas Jefferson paid for more than a half a dozen states. Now, they didn't pay cash, so they had financing back then, and they agreed and negotiated and signed an agreement to buy the entire Louisiana Purchase for $15 million. But after they financed it with guys like me, it cost them $28 million. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but you borrowed $15 million and paid another $13 million in interest because, of course, they had to borrow that money from governments all over the world. But it matters not. It continued United States westward expansion. And this included St. Louis. And now St. Louis, I told you, is a city that was founded in 1764. And there was amazing influence from the French. And another thing in the Westward Expansion Museum that stuck out to me, folks, is this house that they were highlighting where they had half of it built and then the other half they'd take off the plaster and then they were taking off the batten boards and part of the roof and it showed all the way down to the log innards how this thing was made. And, folks, it was a log home. They call it the Creole home, but before it was called the Creole home, it was actually called, let me look here, actually called the post-in-ground homes. Now, there was a French term that, like, post de la grande, I can't even pronounce it. I'm not going to try to. But instead of the horizontal posts and all the log cabins that we know in the United States, all throughout Colorado, all throughout Montana, I just bought a log cabin in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee, and they're all horizontal logs, but not these Creole homes. They're either posts in the ground. Picture the old forts that had spears shoved in the ground. They would shove these hewn logs in the ground, and then they would pack the gaps, the vertical gaps, with straw and mud and eventually plaster, and they would have reinforcing cross boards in there. But then they would have the wood floors. 
then they would go ahead and have all of the French influence with the colonial tools and the uh, shake shingle roofs, and then they'd paint and plaster these things all white because it gets so hot the closer you go south down to Louisiana. And I spent over an hour looking at these homes with the hardwood floors, with the wood rafters, with the wood shingles, with the mud and the plaster, with the copper and the brass fixtures of hinges and latches. This is all from colonial times. And now that I see this, if you search Creole homes, they're the old southern homes you can see in your mind's eye that have the big, huge wraparound porches. Some of them down in New Orleans have the majestic second stories with the porches as well. But all of those were originally built on a foundation of vertical logs. There's far less deterioration, far less rot that you get in your horizontal log. But it's kind of like the VCR, the beta, you know, who's going to win the contest of uh, video machines where the traditional Abraham Lincoln log home is far more common. But probably the biggest story before the end of this is the hope for you to become a homeowner. I visited inside a home model of what they called Flora's House. In 1774, a free woman of color, guys, gals, she was 27 years old in 1774. She was not a slave. She was a free woman. And she paid over 200 live skins of deer and beaver hide to buy an actual house at 27 years old, 120 foot by 150 foot lot. So if you think it's hard for you to buy a home, think of Flora's house. I'd love to show you a picture of this. I'd love to continue the story. Give me a call during the break at 719-330-1457. I'd love to talk with you about westward expansion and any experiences that you have are just simply for you and I to talk about investment properties or whether you just simply need a refinance or purchase mortgage. Right here on the Jay Garvin Show, I'm going to be back after these messages to summarize my conversation on westward expansion. The Jay Garvin Show Home and Mortgage Talk, Saturdays at 8 a.m., Sundays at 11 a.m., here on KRDO News Radio, 105.5 FM, 1240 a.m., and 92.5 FM. We're back with your home mortgage best friend, Jay Garvin. We want to pop you out. Thanks for sticking with me. I am Jay, and you and I are finishing the final segment of what I'm going to call the first part in the Westward Expansion series because there is so much meat here. I tell Matt this every time. I'm so overwhelmed with my uh, Lewis and Clark expedition book in front of me. I've talked about St. Louis in the show. I've talked about the amazing largest real estate transaction that I've ever discussed of the Louisiana Purchase. All of the states of Louisiana, of Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, both Dakotas, Iowa, Nebraska, and most of the parts of Kansas 
our home state, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, and even parts of Minnesota, all purchased for $15 million. All said and done, the United States owned it with all the financing charges with how'd you like to originate that mortgage in the 1800s and cost the United States over $28 million after all the financing. But most importantly, the thing that startled me is this incredible journey of Lewis and Clark, not just by themselves. I've got right here in the book, I had no clue. I mean, I thought, what, it was just Lewis and Clark popping in a canoe and flowing down river and taking a couple notes. But no, I mean, I'm a military guy, so when I'm reading this, it's an actual military expedition. It was commissioned by President Thomas Jefferson. Lewis was one of his aides, and he recruited him. And then Lewis, who served in the Army with Clark, William Clark, he moved down. Clark was down in Kentucky at the time, and he was a frontiersman and just an amazing surveyor. So he recruited them, but then around them, with the help of the U.S. government, they put a team of 36 individuals together. You had Captain Lewis, you had Lieutenant William Clark, you had Sergeants uh, Ordway, Pryor, Floyd, and Goss. And just to let you guys know, it's absolutely miraculous that 35 out of 36 of these individuals survived this journey. And just today, I'm going to cover, in summary, the arduous journey just from the mouth of the Missouri River. St. Louis was a popular town formed way back in 1764 as a trading post, in a lot ways similar to Colorado Springs in a much larger degree, like we have a confluence of waters right down by the Olympic Park. St. Louis is a confluence of the great Mississippi River and the Missouri River. Little quiz question here. Usually a river is named after the confluence of the longer two rivers joining. I always thought the Mississippi River was longer than the Missouri, but it's not. I mean, the Mississippi has tributaries that go into the actual inception lakes up in Minnesota. I tracked it once. It's just unbelievable that river travels through like two dozen lakes in its original waters. I went to school in La Crosse, Wisconsin, which is right on the Mississippi River across from La Crescent, Minnesota. But this Mississippi flows down to St. Louis, but then out comes the Missouri. And folks, the Missouri is actually longer than the Mississippi, and that's where Lewis and Clark went in 1804. Started in May of 1804. Obviously, they're going to start in summer. But then there were four sergeants. I'm going to tell you that's one of them passed away, the only death during the journey. But then there were two separate interpreters, George Drilliard and then a Chapone. And then you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, over twenty-eight privates that all lived during the entire expedition. A couple of them dropped out. Early in the journey, there was, I'm not going to go into the details, but there was a uh, court-martial that they got rid of some of the soldiers. And then, of course, some of the most important was York, an African-American slave, and then Sacagawea, uh, wife of the chief that was captured by other Indians and now was taking them back to her home nation tribe. And then another son, the son of Sacagawea, and then also Seaman Lewis, it is a Newfoundlander's dog. So that's the whole journey, folks. But the, what I'm reading here is the journals and the essentials of Lewis and Clark. 
I had no idea that there's almost a million words of this entire expedition journaled, and they carried it with them. They put it in tin boxes. They would put it in the base of their canoes and their barge, and they would pull these boats upstream, use the wind when they could, which was less than 5 to 7% of the time. And I take a 1,000-mile journey to Oklahoma or a 1,200-mile journey to Wisconsin, and that's arduous for me. I can only focus just on this. It took them more than six months just to get from the mouth of the Mississippi River in St. Louis to where they meandered up all of the rivers, all of the tributaries, across portions of Nebraska. They went right through Sioux City, Iowa. They went up through South Dakota. They went up through Bismarck and Billings, Montana. And then finally they met Indians in what is Dillon, Montana today. And that was the first trek. And imagine being on a river going against the current, pulling all of your canoes and barges and provisions for 36 individuals, all of the trinkets that you're going to want to give the Native Americans, all of your weaponry, all of your survey equipment, all of these big, huge tin boxes, all of your provisions of flour, all your provisions of lard, all your provisions of whiskey. They talk on the trip how they would have a celebrated moment and give guys certain servings of whiskey. But the thing that amazed me the most was the wildlife. I watched the series Vikings, and when they actually came to North America, that's a whole separate story. They had visual images of just endless animals running through the plains, and it is exactly what Lewis. And understand, folks, there are two individuals, Lieutenant Clark and Captain Lewis, that were journaling this. Lewis was doing it almost every single day. I still don't know the whole story, but Clark only did it periodically. It's interesting, these two in their lives, if you look at Lewis Merriweather, who really was the king and leader of this expedition, he was raised in Charlottesville, Virginia. He was in the social circles of the Thomas Jefferson. He became a captain while serving in the Army in the Ohio Valley. He went and took charge of the Northwest Territory in the 1790s and kept his rank as he became President Jefferson's private secretary, and there was the connection. Named governor of Louisiana, followed the entire expedition. Jefferson called him to do it. But he was actually troubled with and plagued with depression in his life. A lot of Congress, like the political snots that they can be, thought the expedition was way overpriced. What a bunch of morons. And actually, as Lewis had a lifelong suffer with depression, he actually, after the expedition was done, was traveling down the Natchez Trace heading to Washington, D.C. in 1809, went out of stress facing Congress, took his own life. But the legacy that they left us are in these journals, and you can look. But there is in the first part of this trek up through and to Dillon, Montana, they would see thousands of buffalo just roaming the ranges. They saw antelope. They discovered a beaver for the very first time. They discovered a badger. They had no idea what the badger, the home state animal of Wisconsin. They saw black bears. They saw for the first time the tails of the white bear or the grizzly bear. They came across black panthers. And all of this was to discover a place yet known 
as Colorado. So I'm going to continue this journey. I'm going to break down. I'm going to look real hard. I think it's important to tell you the heritage. I think it's important for you to know one of the most important real estate deals in the history of our country, the Louisiana Purchase. That's a cool $15 million spent well. I think it's fantastic for you to know that there's more types of log cabins out there other than just the horizontal log that we all know from Abraham to Lincoln Logs. The Creo Log Home is an invention of genius, the way it's so much more efficient than the traditional log cabin. But I'm going to continue the journey, folks. And the next stage of this book that I'm going to share with you is actually from the camp of the Indians all the way up through Fort Clatsop and then their journey to the Pacific River. I'm going to do that later in January. But for now, folks, just know that I love you, that I want to add value to you going into the holiday and Christmas season. And as I state every single show, go grow and prosper. Tell someone close to you that you love them because that's all that matters in the end. Hope you have a great weekend. Pray that God would give you your passion and talent and calling in life because that's what I found in you, the radio listener. So please call me this weekend right now at 330-1457. Let me help you with your next purchase or refinance transaction. Talk investment property, retirement, or even residual income right here on the Jay Garvin Show. But I don't know who you are unless you first call or reach out to me. Thank you, Gene and Jen and James, all for doing that this week. You call, I'll answer, 719-330-1457 or go to ChurchillColorado.com. And may your holidays be bright. Happy holidays from the Jay Garvin Show. You don't know how you met me. You the proceeding was a paid program on KRDO News Radio. KRDO News Radio does not confirm nor deny the validity or accuracy of the information contained in this program. And the views expressed do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the staff and management of KRDO News Radio. Follow me, everything is all right. I'll be the one to tuck you in at night And if you want to leave I can guarantee you won't find nobody to